0: Welcome to The Gathering Place
1: with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So
0: let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you? So good. I'm so glad to have Michelle here today.
1: Hi, Michelle. Hi, ladies. (laughs) How are you? Good. Michelle Benzinger, what a joy. What a treat to have you on our podcast. Thank you. Oh
2: gosh, thank you. It's a party. It's actually um, when we were trying to figure out a time to record. I'm like, ah, I get to hang out with Jenna and Beth for a little while. How fun is that?
1: We feel the same way.
0: I just want to come to Florida and hang out with you physically.
1: Totally. On the beach.
2: Um, Girl, I think that is a great plan. We need to make that happen. And
1: so that would be awesome. Michelle, I'd love it if you would introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about all the good things that you're doing. Oh my goodness.
2: Let me think. Okay. Hi, I'm Michelle Benzinger, and I am a wife and a mom to six kiddos, four are biological and two are adopted. I like to say four, I bore with my body and two, I bore with my heart, but I am the creative director of meaningful market it's an online store and a design house we design for a lot of other people and uh, do a podcast with Heather Kim and Sister Mary Biden's Together podcast and we have a site which is launching later sometime maybe maybe this century I don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> Greenhouse Collective I'm trying to be patient in the waiting and so you could just put
1: waiting on my forehead mm, on that yeah. so yeah that's where you can find me Love it. I want to get right into what we want to talk with you about today because it's something that I know you're really passionate about and you're so good at and it's something that I endeavor to be better at. We want to talk today about championing other women.
0: Yeah, Michelle, from the moment I met you, this is like if there was a charism called championing other <laughs> women, it would be Michelle's charism. Totally. That's where your heart is and it's so inspiring and It spreads like wildfire. It's something that's contagious, that once you see it and feel it, you want to give it to someone else, and it's really beautiful. And so, we really just want to hear about your experience with that and your heart for it. And one of the things when I was talking with Beth, when we were planning to chat with you, I said there had to be a moment in Michelle's life where someone championed her, and that I'm assuming that that lit something up in you that made you want to do it for someone else. So I'm curious, was there someone in your life that did that for you or is it out of a, a lack of that ever happening that you've really had and born a heart for this?
2: I think it's both. I think it, I did not realize that it wasn't like a natural charism in most people until about 10, 15 years ago. Because I grew up, I was always like, okay, I was a total cheerleader. Can you, can you totally see that in high school? Yes, I was. Yes, absolutely. So um, <laughs> Yes. So that was my personality. I love people. And I love their stories and I get really excited with other people's stories. So that was already part of like my natural DNA, and my natural temperaments. But when I was in high school, I had a girl that was older than me on the cheerleading squad that just kind of took me under her wing. And was a total big sister to me and totally helped me navigate some of the hard things in high school. And with that, I also had an amazing drama coach in high school. And this is like the power of teachers, which I could, that could be a separate Mm, podcast in itself. Also, is, and she pushed me to no end, but she encouraged and pushed me to no end. And so both of those women really modeled what it was for me, but it wasn't until later that I got into ministry that I came across a group of women and they asked me the question, what has God put on your heart and how can we come alongside of you and champion that? Wow. And, and that one question I had never heard that kind of vibe before, you know, that 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 kind of talk before, and I was like, "What language are you speaking, people?" <laughs> and so, but it was so heart transformational and so transformational into my walk with the Lord and how I approached other women, and I just really started to see that God was a God of abundance and not scarcity and that there was room at the table for everyone and that I really needed to model this. And one of the women said to me, she said, you have to model abundance and you have to model championing other people's for other women, because it's not something that comes naturally. And people have to see it, you can't just explain it to them, mm. you have to actually do it. It's like a kinesthetic way, you have to learn hands on mm. by doing it with other people. And so just really implementing that in my own life and creating ways and just times and spaces for women to champion other women it just really became like just something burning in my heart. And i be like, okay, this is what it, and I love what you said, Jen, about being charism. I really feel like it is a charism that I guess I have, but that I'm trying to develop even more and more so and then give it to other women to embrace, to take on as their charisms also.
1: So cool. Michelle, I think the thing that strikes me is how foreign that mindset, not only the abundance mindset, but also this idea of championing other people's dreams and really asking them and helping them to develop their passion and their vision. It's actually pretty foreign, even in ministry. Oh, I actually, I think it's almost more foreign in ministry
2: than than other
1: places. That's been my experience too. Yeah. So this was like a breath of fresh air for me.
2: Which is, if you stop to think about, is totally not gospel. Because no. what does it tell us in the gospel? The harvest is plentiful, but the wow. labors are few. Yeah. Like, baby, there's a big old harvest out there. And we keep on thinking that it's like a territory that we have to divide up. Like, there's only a, so much of a plot of land, and we only get a certain part for the harvest. But, I mean, this harvest goes on for miles and miles and thousands of miles. And there is so much more than we can even imagine. And that's where, like, the abundance comes from. God is a God of abundance and not scarcity. And if he gives someone something or a certain part of the land, it's not that he's taking your land away from you to give it to that person. He's got his own land for you, baby, in another state, you know, in another part and another charism and another gift. I guess it's really asking the question, like, what is your harvest? Like, where is your harvest field? Not looking to someone else's harvest field, but what is your harvest field and what is he trying to stir in your heart?
1: Yeah, I think, just hearing you talk like that, hearing you, it, it's like you're preaching. I, it really like cuts so deep and it rings so true. And because that hasn't been my experience, when you frame it in that way, Michelle, it's so easy to see that division and competition comes from the enemy.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're living it right now in the church, divide and conquer. Isn't that the way to come in? He divide and conquer and that we make people the enemy instead of spirits and principalities the enemy. Like he tells us in Ephesians, like, don't we make that it's actually a person and it's really not that person, um, that is the enemy. It is really, we have an enemy, it's the devil and we have that and, um, but it is not a person. And sometimes it's so easy to think it's a person.
0: <laughs> <Totally>.
2: <laughs> yeah, they are our enemy. And so, but it goes back. But I also think like you guys, your key scripture is Luke blessed is she, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that whole example of the annunciation is the perfect story and the perfect narrative of living abundant sisterhood. Mary goes to Elizabeth. And she takes off in haste. Like she has to get to her sister and tell her what the Lord is doing in her life and how the Holy Spirit has moved in her life. And I love Elizabeth's response. Elizabeth's response is like, who is it that the mother of my Lord should come visit me? Mm -hmm. And she calls out who Mary is. She calls it out. You know, she said, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing when you, you know, he is birthing the Lord through you. And I love Elizabeth's response. Like, she doesn't seem like, man, shoot, I just got John the Baptist and the (laughs) Savior, you know, like I'm totally second fiddle to you. They knew that they each had important parts in God's story and that one part didn't make the other one lack, that Mm. they were each integral parts to the story of God and his love story. And then what do they do? Then they both were like, okay, let's you know this is where the magnificat comes from mm-hmm. but they both believed in god's promises for them individually and god came through and they celebrated it and didn't compare and i think that's an important concept for all of us to keep on embracing over and over and over again because and it's not over. Easy. and over because it's not easy and so at all
0: yeah i love what you just said how elizabeth called out to mary who mary was I just think it's so beautiful to be able to feel intimate enough with someone that you're able to say, Hey, I know that this is a gift of yours. And I see this inside of you. And I'm going to tell you that it is a gift. I'm going to tell you that, that this is unique to you, that the Lord gave this to you, that this is your specific gifting. And it's, it's just beautiful to see that modeled in Elizabeth and Mary and, So I guess my question for you is when we're talking about championing other women, is it simply being in relationship with them and believing in them? Like, is it, is it believing something more is in there than they can see themselves?
2: Yeah, I think that's an awesome question because I think one, you have to be in relationship with them. Or sometimes you can see just different little aspects of people, but you have to, like what John Paul II says, you have to go back and end up being a student of humanity, a student in the school of love. You have to study the people that you're in relationship with, and you have to notice things about them. And I think when you call out the gifts that you see in other people, it's, you're just seeing where God has gifted them. We are all image bearers of God, so you're seeing like, okay— And you're calling that forth. And we, as Catholics, we have that because we are in our baptismal call, you know, we're baptized priest, prophet, and king. So we're just using our prophetic part of our baptism by calling each other's giftings out. For us, it is so easy to see both of your giftings. Like for me, I mean, because I love you both, but it's so easy for me to see. Like Jenna is a natural leader and gatherer. That is what she is. It just comes so natural to me. And Beth, you are all teacher but with all heart girl like I mean your heart is just open wide open and it is so easy for me to see those giftings in you but man isn't it hard to see it in ourselves like we totally we forget who we are so easily I know I forget who I am all the time. I mean, just last week, I wanted to quit everything and everybody. (laughs) It's just one of those days. And it was really good to have a person to whisper in my ear like, okay, a really good friend. All right, this is who you are. This is why you're called to this. And God chose you to do this calling. And he chose you to be this mother to these children. (laughs) Because it was like a one-two punch. Like I didn't want to do ministry anymore. And I was having a problem with a child. So I'm like, Mm. "Uh, like, I'm done. Check you later, people. But yeah, we just need that support Uh, to answer also your question, Jenna. It feels kind of foreign and weird when you first start doing it, saying, hey, I see this gift in you. But when you see people's response and you Mm -hmm. see how great it makes them feel and their heart come alive and your heart comes alive because you're giving of yourself, you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Oh, I like this. Okay,
0: this is how it's supposed to be. This is how sisterhood is supposed to look. That's amazing. I think of it often as lighting someone up. Yes. Like you're speaking life into them and they're like being lit up from the inside. And then they go and like, we continue to brighten up the world mm-hmm. just by speaking life into each other and saying, I believe in this for you and I see this in you. And someone comes alive when you hear that you first of all, your reaction is sometimes like, wait, what? I didn't know that I had that inside of me. And then you start to pray about it and you start to think about it and you accept it if you accept it and say like, okay, maybe I am gifted in this area, or maybe, you know, the Lord is giving me this specific thing for a reason, and and you start to come alive. I see Yeah. Really cool.
2: Oh, I did too. Yeah, and like I said, it's not easy, and it takes practice. I was telling Beth the other day, there is a person in my life, and she loves to compete with me. She wants to competition, and I don't. I just don't. One a blessing and a curse of being so ADD, I don't really pay attention half the time. And so, but the other part is, I was like, okay, first of all, we're not even in the same fields. We're not even in the same circles. We're not even in the same realms. Like, what is this? And, but instead of getting really aggravated and frustrated, which I want to do in the natural a lot, a whole lot, lot, lot you know, in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, I'm just gonna bless this woman. Like I am just gonna pray blessings over her. And I've been doing it. Like Lord, just bless her and her family, bless her and her endeavors, bless her in her ministry, bless her in whatever. And blessing, and you can start to see like my heart changing towards her, you know? And that's what the big thing is, is like it's about my response And not uh, my reaction to this person. And my response needs to be bearing good fruit. And so I'm like, okay, let me just bless them. And it's hard. And I also think the more fruitful you are, the more people try to compete with you in other ways. I'm sure you guys have seen that tons of times. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. You know, <laughs> so it's really hard. And so in some areas, you just have to bless those who curse you like, Lord, I'm just going to bless them. And I'm going to take a fruitful response when everything in my flesh wants
1: me to just cuss them out. Michelle, what you're saying, I- I'd really love to develop what we talked about earlier, this idea of like a scarcity mentality versus an abundance mentality, because I think that's where this competition and just the not liking each other and feeling pitted against each other feeling like someone else's successes, whether they be in ministry or in marriage or, you know, what have you, that that feels like that takes away from your access to success or to happiness. So I, I think you're right when you talk about that really reveals that deeper scarcity mindset. And I just wonder if you can say a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Okay. So, all right, let's just take a, for instance, say you're flipping through Instagram and you're seeing, you know, the highlight reels of people's lives, not the reality of their life. And you see these pretty, you know, styled photos. And then you like what I like to call the shame cycle. You start going in the shame cycle, like, oh man, I should style my kitchen like that. Or, oh man, look at this woman. She has five kids and she looks like that. Oh man. You know, we're put in whatever lie you have, like, oh man, you know, like she's only 23 and a gauge, whatever lie that you have, you know, she's doing this, they're doing this, whatever. And you're seeing the highlight reels. Um, I think the first thing is like, okay, let's stop the shame cycle. Like, let's just stop, put it down, stop the shame cycle. And I think we have to go to look at an abundance or scarcity mindset. We have to go to our root system. What do we believe about us being the beloved of God? It all comes back to us. Like, do we really believe that we are God's daughter, first and foremost, that he designed us for this unique purpose? When we know, going back to your main scripture, blessed is she, when we know God's personal promise for us, not for Susie down the road, not for whatever, and we live out of that personal identity as our beloved and God's personal promise to us, then we're not looking to the left or the right of us. We are looking up to him. We're not looking to what our sisters are doing. We are looking to see who he is and who he has made us to be. Mm. And when we have that, like when our eyes are fixed upon him, then we can see just the abundance he has for us. And we can see all the giftings that he has for us. And we're not paying attention to the others that are around us. And I think for the scarcity mindset, you have to look at yourself and say, okay, are there needs of mine that haven't been met? And so I feel like that I have to hustle for my worth here. Like I have to hustle it you know, and I just have to make things happen. And then that goes back to what do you believe about God? You know, mm-hmm. we have to ask our questions. Do we really believe that God will provide? Do we believe that He comes through for us? Do we really believe that he has a personal promise for us in our lives? Do I really believe that I am God's beloved? And these are not like one-time questions. These are ongoing questions. Right. Yeah. Ongoing. I would love to say, <laughs> I have these answers and they're so rooted in my heart. Like I know it like the back of my hand. Um, hello, probably asking them every day, sometimes a couple of times a day. (laughs) Am I living out of it? And it's so easy, like, especially for those of us that are pioneering things or run things or whatever. We totally believe the lie that it all depends on us. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest lies I combat. I even told my husband the other day, I said, all these plates are spinning. And if I stop, they're all going to fall down. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew it was not the truth. You know? Yeah. But I I just, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry, Lord. Like, you are sovereign, you. And I'm not saying that to hustle because I don't believe that's good either. But is my hustle holy? I guess is the question.
1: Is it what He has for me to do? I love that you said the minute you say it out loud. Like, sometimes we have this whole narrative going on in our minds. I did this just yesterday. I was kind of making my way through a mental checklist and feeling like my anxiety rise by the moment, like, how am I ever going to get all of that done? And there's no time. And I just, I had this moment of clarity where I just said, Lord, can you help me do this? I'd really like to get this thing done today. And I just felt peace rather than depending on myself, trying to keep track of everything and then being so disappointed in myself or ashamed when I can't come through instead i just invited the lord in. Now, listen, that's a new thing for me. I'm not saying i'm perfect at that. But that it was a real um it was a real graced moment for me. It is. It's
2: funny. I just switched spiritual directors and he is a Jesuit and he is awesome and i he's great and he deals with me really well, which is <laughs> Feet unto itself. And so, but one of the things he has me doing is Ignatian spiritual examine every night. And yes. man, it is a stinking spiritual discipline because half the time I don't want to do it. Like I'm ready to do something else or go to bed. And I really realize that, okay, I do need to incorporate this spiritual discipline in my life. But one of the things that he put in my examine is what lie did I believe today? Whoa.
0: And,
2: and where did I need to replace God's truth in that today? And he also asks me, did I have a holy pause in the day and recognize that God is sovereign and he will take care of everything. And it is so stinking convicting, I have to tell you guys, I mean, but it's really changing my spiritual life. I mean, how long does that take five minutes at the end of the night? But it totally changes the way like I perceive the Lord and how I perceive myself. And I can see how he's moving, you know what I mean? Like I can actually track how he's moving in my life when I stop and reflect on this.
1: Wow. That's beautiful.
0: So I'd like to talk about how we practically do this, especially with people in our like five foot radius, people in our lives. I feel like it's a little bit different for us being in ministry and especially like online ministries where we see a lot and but I do think it's hard to champion other women, believe in other women. Do this with women who are in your life and When women are in your life, there can be a tension in relationships, right? Like when you're in everyday life with people, you see each other's personalities more, you see each other's quirks more, and then there's tension that comes with that sometimes. And it's not the same as the online space where you're not really physically with people. So I want to know what that's like, practically speaking. So for a woman who has something that you want and there's a bit of a tension there, or Jealousy is the wrong word, but –
2: Yeah, sometimes it is jealousy, though. Like where – Okay, so, all right, so something practically speaking. I think that's such a good – thought, though, because it's so easy to love people online, isn't it? Like, let's just affirm the heck out of them. And just aren't they just so great. And you don't do life with them. And you don't get aggravated with them. And Mm -hmm. you don't get frustrated like you do. And I totally think that online communities have a place. I mean, I think they're a great, great resource, and they have a place. But the real transformation and the real transforming of our souls happens in person. It right. happens the day in because that's where the rub is. That's how you get holy. Like that's that holy tension that you have to live in, that you're with these people. That's where you have to actually act virtuous and you can't say things um, and not live them out personally. Totally. So I think this is once again, you have to stop and say, okay, where am I seeing the giftedness of this person? Where do I see like God? I always ask myself, where do I see God's design in this person? Hmm. And you have to stop and look okay, like the Lord made them in his image, where am I seeing the image of God in this person? And the response when this person aggravates me or frustrates me are just does something that is so stinking annoying, like, okay, how do they even think that was normal? But um, when you have to ask yourself those kind of questions, mm. I think you have to go back to yourself. You have to personally take responsibility for yourself. Why is this annoying me so much? Why is this triggering me? And why is this annoying me so much? Like what in me is this bringing up that I need to look at? And it's really learning to be a student of yourself and learning to be a student of other people's. And I love it. St. Teresa of Avila always says, almost all problems in the spiritual life stem from a lack of self-knowledge, which is so true.
1: Yikes. (laughs) Like, it is
2: so true. Like, you have to learn how to know yourself. And John Paul II talks about that all the time. Like, you have to know original solitude. You have to learn to know yourself. Of like, okay, why is this aggravating me? Why am I reacting this way? in frustration, instead of responding with grace, what does it say about me? And there's certain personalities that just totally do that to me. For me, it's really needy personalities. If you're really needy, I'm the worst. (laughs)
0: Good to know. I'm writing this down.
2: (laughs) And so if I feel like where, you know, you're just going to suck me dry, I'm like, I will put my, you know, totally give you the Heisman, you know, which is not a good attribute of mine. Why is that? And for me, It's that lie where I feel like everyone needs to be self-sufficient. They should be able to do this. I can do it. So why can't you do it? You know, total, not virtuous, total a lie. But why is that? And you also have to ask like temperaments. There are some people that you're just totally going to mesh with and there's other people that you're not. And that's okay also. You know, I think we beat ourselves up sometimes as Christians thinking that we have to be best buddies with everybody. We have to be kind. We have to be virtuous. We have to be loving towards other people, but we don't have to be in close relationship with other people. And I think um, one of the questions we need to ask is this relationship in my life, life giving? Is God put it in my life to help me grow, or is it something that? is not for me. Like it is not producing good fruit. Like what fruit are the relationships in your life producing? And one other thing, which I'm learning huge this year, more than anything, that conflict isn't bad. In my mind and the family that I grew up in, I always thought conflict means bad that if there's conflict, that means that someone is going to walk out or leave. And so like I used to avoid conflict, like people would avoid a plague. And now I realize conflict isn't bad. It's where the beautiful things happen. And my husband is so stinking good at this. It's annoying, actually, Mm -hmm. how how good he is, because he's like, honey, we have to lean in and we have to talk through. And mistakes and conflict is where the beauty happens. And where I thought mistakes and conflict is where bad things happen. So you avoid them. And realize has to do healthy conflict. And I just even like um, who I work with Annie, we rarely have conflict. But when we do, we both approach it really well. Now. I'm Like, okay, this really concerned me. This is how I felt and whatever. And then when we get done, we're so proud of ourselves. We're like, look how we (laughs) adulted. I mean, it's really kind of fun. (laughs) You know, and we move on, and we let it go. And we move on, which is really hard for me, was that moving on part. Like I had to make sure things didn't linger because I could be a total grudge carrier. Just let it go. I mean, we have to totally Elsa ourselves and let it go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, I feel like I should have been taking notes during this conversation. So I'm glad I'll be able to listen back later. Oh, for sure. (laughs) So keeping in the theme of applying all of this goodness and wisdom practically... I wanna ask about the abundance mindset. And for those of us who are living in a season of waiting or longing, or if we've been disappointed or hurt, and those lies have really kind of taken deep root in our hearts and they feel like the truth. How do we cultivate an abundance mindset while we're still waiting?
2: Oh, that's a good one and not an easy one for me. I think I've even told this story before, but for me, um, you have to go back to who God is. You have to go back to His character. You have to go down to foundational questions. Like, God is good. And one of my favorite scriptures is, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I always say, like, Lord, I will see you right now. Like, I want to see it right now. Mm -hmm. And I was praying for a certain thing for this one child, and I really felt like, God, just press onto my heart saying, if you do not pray for her total healing, then stop praying. Like, I am not a terrorist that you negotiate with. I am an all powerful God. Like, so stop praying for scraps when I want to give you a whole banquet table for this child. And so when we're praying in that season of waiting and we're praying like, how long, Lord, how long am I going to have to wait to see your goodness in this land of the living? You know, you have to go back to his character And trust in who he is. And, you know, one of the prayers I pray a lot of time is, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I do know who you are. Like, I know you're good and I know you're faithful and I know that you won't leave me. And that is all you can do. It's just going back to remembering who he is and being kind with yourself because it's not easy and not beating yourself up in the waiting or the doubting and asking the Lord to transform that doubt and to um, hope. That's just been my experience.
1: That's beautiful. Thank you, Michelle. I'm just so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your friendship. And for you too, Jenna, the two of you really championed me in a time that I didn't see anything special in myself. I remember being on the phone with you, Michelle, like a year and a half ago, there was this very distinct sense of like being invited in and you seeing something in me. And I remember really puzzling over that phone call. Like, <laughs> what <laughs> What am I doing that is different from any other youth minister in any other parish? You know, I'm just keeping my head down and trying to love the Lord. And, and it really was the beginning of something being birthed in me that I had no vision for. And Jenna, Aww. you did the same thing. Jenna, you're constantly calling me out, calling out my gifts in a a really beautiful way that is so flipping scary, but has been so good for me. So I'm just grateful for both of you and the ways that you've championed me. So thank you. You're welcome. You are so welcome. Yeah. And
2: I just see in both of you, I mean, I guess I'm a little biased too, (laughs) but I see in both of you just both of your hearts are so good. I mean, they are so good when it comes to what your hopes and dreams and desires are for women in our church. I mean, your desires are for women to come into community and to know the Lord through this Catholic church. And you met a need that wasn't being met and you're pioneering that. And you're paying a lot of, I don't think people realize the sacrifices you all make for this organization and ministry to happen. They see the beautiful Instagram feeds and they see all the beautiful things, but I don't think people truly realize the sacrifices. And I'm just saying to your podcast listeners, they make a heck of a lot of sacrifices (laughs) for you all because they love you. You know, so I totally see you in that. Yeah, I'm just crazy about both of you. So thank you. Thanks, friend. Mm
0: -hmm. Right back at you. Michelle, would you mind closing us in prayer today? Sure, I would love to
2: in the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit amen precious jesus you are good and you are the god of abundance and you are god of faithfulness and you are the god that champions his people and lord we just thank you for this gift of beth and jenna we thank you for the gifts of blessed is she we thank you for the gift that it is to the church lord and we just ask that you just empower us to be life givers, to be fire starters, to light other people's fires so that we can be bright lights of hope in this dark church right now in this dark time and that lord you, we just ask that you just instill on each and every one of us a charism of championing other people and champion especially other sisters lord that we may just bless other people that we may see their goodness and that we can see your fingerprints all over them and call forth your life out of them and Mother Mary, we just pray for your intercession, that you would just come quickly through the patronage of Our Lady of Prompt and that we just, Jesus, that during in this time of season that we are all in, that we just trust in you.
0: We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the
1: name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy
0: Spirit. Amen. Michelle, I cannot thank you enough. For being on here today. Thank you so much. And for your beautiful words and your witness and who you are is just like your prayer life is so inspiring to me. And I can just see in your spirit and in your words that you have a deep relationship with the Lord that I love and that just showers his love on the rest of us. So thank you so much.
1: Aww, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Love you, friend.
0: Love you guys too. Talk, <laughs> Talk soon. soon. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast.
1: Send over all your questions using the Anchor app.
0: We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all
1: your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.